If there ever was a time when the church should be teaching the necessity of the new birth, it should be now. When the popularity of the church program is fading, let us pray that the necessity of our great message will be clearer than ever. Welcome everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is The Bread of Life. This radio ministry is sponsored by Church Partnership Evangelism at its local missions fellowship, The Bread of Life in Boise, Idaho. If you're looking for a place to give to that is taking the gospel in direct and personal evangelism throughout the world, then I'd like you to consider Church Partnership Evangelism. You can learn more about how God is using us by going to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. When Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3 that he must be born again, he was not introducing a novel idea, unknown up to that point in time. The need to be born again was written all over the Old Testament, and the reality was known by the true believers of that day, though most of Israel had missed it. And so today in our churches we know that this is truth, but all too often the life-changing reality is missed. What the Pharisees, like Nicodemus, had failed to understand was that this obedience to God required the heart fully in love with God and that the sinful heart that men possess cannot produce that kind of love and that kind of obedience. And so what was necessary from the very beginning was a new heart. Moses called it a circumcised heart. Uh, Jeremiah built on that and said that it was a new heart. Uh, Ezekiel built on that and said it was a new heart that was inhabited by the Holy Spirit. All of them are speaking of this wonderful promise of regeneration. And God was promising through Moses at that time in in Deuteronomy chapter 30 and through Jeremiah in Jeremiah 31 and through Ezekiel in Ezekiel 36. God was promising to this nation that had failed over and over again to live in a place in which they could receive the covenant blessings that God had promised. God was promising there was coming a day when as a nation and a whole, from one breadth of the nation to the other breadth of the nation, every single person in the land would be regenerate. So the nation as a whole would in a moment be able to give God that love, that persistent love that would bring blessing upon them. And what is being described here is that regenerative moment that will take place at the end of the tribulation period before Christ establishes reign upon the earth for a thousand years and reigns out of Jerusalem and out of Israel. A moment of time in which all of Israel will turn to Christ and believe and trust in Him and be regenerate at once and it will issue in a moment of blessing that will come upon all the earth. So the Bible says at that time the, uh, the knowledge of God will cover the earth like the waters of the sea. Isaiah actually pictures this moment of this mass turning the whole nation of Israel in rebirth in Isaiah 66. And there he speaks of a future day when the nation of Israel will in one day be spiritually born. He asked the question, can a nation be born in one day? And the answer is yes, it will happen. Paul actually refers to what Isaiah has spoken about and what Jeremiah has spoken about and Ezekiel what Moses has spoken about before in Romans chapter 11 verses 26 and 27. Gathering together God's plan for the ages and God's plan for Israel and through Israel and their return and their full regeneration, a blessing that will be enriched and go beyond even what we've known in this time period, in this day of our lives. He writes in verses 26 and 27 of Romans 11, And so all Israel shall be saved. And it shall be written, There shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. It's coming. This is what Ezekiel was prophesying, Moses was prophesying, Jeremiah was prophesying, a day when the new covenant would sweep in over all the nation of Israel at once. 
and the hearts would be changed to produce a deep individual knowing and loving of God. Jeremiah 31, 34 again. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. So we've said it's going to take place in the millennium and it will flow out from the nation of Israel to all of the nations around them so that all the peoples of the earth will come into a deep knowing of God a profound heart change that will produce a deep, rich love for God and produce a prolonged obedience to God that will enable God to pour out His blessing upon them and upon the nations and upon all the earth. And What will require is that God transform hearts and give men new hearts, regenerate hearts. And that's what God says through Ezekiel, I'll do. I'll change their hearts and I'll put my Holy Spirit within them. Now, if Nicodemus had simply grasped the complete failure of the nation of Israel to love God with all their heart and soul and mind and strength, if he had completely begun to grasp that God and all of it had, had brought judgment upon them, but in the midst of that judgment, God promised that there was coming a day when all the nation by the Spirit of God be turned to have a transformed heart to love him in that way and to be able to endure in that loving. And as a result, God would one day pour out all these blessings upon the nation of Israel. Here's what the right response would have been as Nicodemus read that. Here's what God must do. He must change your hearts. He must change your hearts to give God what God wants. And here's Nicodemus' proper response. Oh God, change my heart now. Regenerate me and bring your life into me now. That should have been the right response. It's impossible for me to think that Ezekiel and Jeremiah wrote of a day in which the nation of Israel who had fared, failed to bring the love that God was asking from them because they did not have circumcised hearts. They did not have new hearts. And they could read that God was promising a day of national repentance and national regeneration. And they could say, oh, that'll be nice someday. Oh, that'll be good for them. You think it's possible? Ezekiel and Jeremiah wrote of these things. Oh, they wrote about it and said, oh, God, let it be true in my life. Change me and transform me and make me new and regenerate my heart now. And in fact, I think they had a vision of that day. They were given a spiritual vision of that day. Why? Because they were able to see the kingdom because their hearts had been changed already. That had been their attitude already, their posture. God, I can't love you as I ought to love you. I can't live for you as I ought to live for you. I can't produce this from my own power, my own strength, and my own ability. I can't just know your rules and follow your rules and be right with you. God, it has to, it has to move through my heart. My heart is the obstacle to this. My heart's the roadblock to this kind of life. God, change my heart. Give me a new heart. Make me new. Regenerate me. And All through the nation of Israel, there are individuals like that. Individuals that had experienced that wonderful transforming change in God's life. There was Abraham, and there was Jacob, and there was Moses, and Samuel, and David, and Josiah, and in the time of Christ, when Christ came, there was Elizabeth and Zechariah, and there was Mary and Joseph, and there was Simeon and Anna. There was people who were able to see into and know and embrace what God was doing because they were living in that regenerate life. And they were like lights of new life that were shining out to the nation of Israel, telling them what they should be and what they could be, and by God's prophetic word, what they will be one day. But those lights and that truth that God revealed should have to a heart to the mind, to the person whose heart was for God and longing for God and the things of God and not just patting themselves on their own self-righteousness should have stored a great question. Oh God, I want this to happen in my life. How can it be? Now, 
eventually it stirred that question in Nicodemus, and that's why he came to the Lord Jesus. We'll have to talk about how it was that that was realized in Nicodemus' life. How the Spirit of God produced that in his life so that he might know this great life. But here's the lesson for us. Regeneration is not just something that came to you and I, not something that just belongs to the Christian or the church since the time of Pentecost. It's something that was known by men in the Old Testament. And it's something that's, that's uh, ordained and prophesied to happen universally one day in the new kingdom that's coming upon the earth. And yet, now, we become objects of that regenerative life. That's how we live in the kingdom now and how we give light and give expression to that kingdom and what's coming. Here are just a few points of application. Note how scripturally well-informed you can be and yet miss the most important lessons of the scripture. How well you can know your Bible and not know the heart and foundation of the Bible. Note also that great teachers can be greatly in error in the most vital matters. And the most vital matter is a new life. It's regenerative life. I think if we were to find out what is missing in our day and age in the church and what was laid hold of in times of great revival in the church, it was a recovery of this wonderful truth of new life through the power and inworking of the Holy Spirit. It was born-again life. Prior to that, it was just a functional, ritual Christianity, just following a certain cadence and pattern, praying and genuflecting at the right moment, learning doctrines that you had in your head, trying to be a better person, adhering to the doctrines and the truth, but the heart wasn't changed. You can be well-informed, and you can have great teachers, and you can be a great teacher. You can even be one of the greatest teachers in your land and miss out on the most vital thing. You can give instruction on all the proverbial wisdom that comes out of the Proverbs. You can give instruction on how it is that we should be philosophically assaying what's happening in our country and our nation today. You might be a great person at arguing, defending the faith, and yet missing out on the heart of the faith, which is new life through the power of the Holy Spirit. We should pray that God would. It's been one of my prayers since we went into the COVID period. Was God, I, I pray that our churches would, would discover that uh, people are perfectly fine getting on without the show. And they're perfectly fine getting along with a number of things. But what they can't, they can't live without is being around and with other people who have been born again of the Spirit of God. That we'd once again realize how important it is that our lives would be transformed and changed. So we're something that we can never be without the Spirit of God literally giving us a new pulsating life within, beating out rhythmically an ongoing, untiring love for God and a desire to please Him and honor Him. That's what regeneration promises. Also note, a great day of outpoured regeneration is planned for this earth. God is going to perform it and accomplish it. But... We are to be the first fruits and lights of that coming day now. So we pray, God, let me be a vital witness of what one day is coming upon the earth. Let my life shine out with what one day you are bringing to this world. And note, again, that this regeneration, if you want to see that that's the case, produces loving obedience to God. Loving obedience to Him. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Neglected truths so central, so important, yet forgotten by Israel's greatest teacher and so not taught and understood by the people of Israel. 
forgotten truths, O oh God, that must be central to the message of the church today and of your witnesses today. We cannot be anything that pleases you. We cannot be and live our lives in any way that receives the outpour blessing of a deep knowing and walk with you and communion with you except that our hearts be made new by your Holy Spirit, regenerate, born again. Though God, we thank you for that great work, that mysterious work that is done when we trust and believe and look to you and repent and turn into your promises, seeking to obtain them by your power alone and your working alone, that you accomplish that for us by faith. Lord, if it's not been realized in someone's life, just ongoing exposure to your truth and your information without this change. Let that happen today. And let this message be used as it, as it comes to the point where it's shared and broadcast throughout our community and other places. Oh God, stir up within men the longing that it should have stirred up in blind Nicodemus. Open eyes, awaken spirits so they would cry out, Oh God, let me know this now. Let me know this now. This great promise that is coming, let it be mine. Thank you for this precious treasure, this great miracle. Thank you for the great plan of ages that is coming upon this world, has come upon me. How good and great you are, O oh God, how gracious and merciful. We give you glory for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of church partnership evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. I want to extend to you a welcome to join our worship every Sunday at 11 a.m. in the Old White Church at 1023 East State Street in the Warm Springs area of Boise. To learn more, go to breadoflifeboise.org and follow the links. Until the next time, may God bless you.